You're listening to the Shout Podcast, the official health and well-being podcast from the Firefighters Charity. Hello and welcome once again to another episode of Shout Podcast from the Firefighters Charity. I'm your host, Kim Robson, and in this episode, we're going to be taking a look at some of the health and well-being issues affecting those of you who may have hung up your uniform for the last time and stepped into the world of retirement. The charity supports thousands of retired people every year, helping them with specific health concerns and also helping them to adjust to a completely different pace of life. No more shift working, no more high adrenaline shouts, no more messroom banter with your watchmates. It can be hard to adjust. So we thought we'd dig a bit further into the whole subject and called upon Dr Rowena Hill, Honorary Research Lead for the Firefighters Charity at Nottingham Trent University, to help us out. A psychologist who's worked alongside the fire service for the past 17 years. Few people have looked deeper into the impact of firefighting on firefighters. So Tim Bainan caught up with Rowena and her colleague, postdoctoral researcher Neela Muleman, to find out more about a new piece of research they're undertaking into the impact that retirement can have on those who've recently retired, as well as finding out how you can get involved. Retired associations across the UK, meanwhile, play a vital role in keeping people in touch with each other and active in the fire service community. So Sasha Wiltshire recently caught up with Ian Ferguson, editor of the National Association of Retired Firefighters newsletter, to ask him how he's got the most out of his retirement and what advice he would offer others. Later, Sophie Pierce speaks to Deputy Chief Fire Officer Tony Proctor, who received psychological support from the charity following anxiety and stress during his retirement. We've also got another cracking section of achievements to celebrate in our Thank You To segment a little later, and a few more soundbites from folks who've supported the charity's urgent fundraising appeal. But first, here's Dr Rowena Hill and Neela Muleman with a fascinating insight into the world of academia and the vital research that it can give us into what's really going on when we retire. Rowena and Neela, welcome to Shout Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, Rowena, if I can start with you, um, you wear a number of different hats when it comes to the Firefighters Charity. Can you tell us a bit more about how that works? And then I suppose ultimately how all that benefits the charity. Yes, I'm an honorary research lead for the Firefighters Charity. In my day job, I'm a psychologist at Nottingham Trent University. Um, I've worked alongside the fire service for about the last 17 years, I think. Um, And I work alongside the emergency services to establish an evidence base for all the many things that they do and trying to figure out what they do and why they do what they do. Um, And that's really important as the nature of what the Fire and Rescue Service has done has changed so much over that time. Um, So we need to keep pace with that and figure out what works and what doesn't work, uh, how to improve and make things better for people. So I work with them to try and create an evidence base to underpin some of those areas. Some of that work has been uh, on the definition of risk and integrated risk management processes. Some of it has been on the risk of uh, psychological harm of being a firefighter. Some of it's been on the impact of uh, being a firefighter um, on on families, on on how that impacts on their on their families. So it's been really interesting work. It's been very broad. Um, but because of all of this work, that's why I wanted to work with the firefighters charity specifically. Um, 
because they align really well uh, with my interests and what I'm really personally committed to, um, but also because of their ethos and their philosophy that sits behind what the charity do um, and, and how they think about the work that they offer and, and relating to their beneficiaries. So some other charities that I've worked with previously um, they're, they're quite narrow in their approach. The health charities can sometimes just focus on one aspect of, of being a person. Um, so they might just focus on depression or they might just focus on kidney failure or another charity might focus on temporary financial difficulties, for example. And for me, that misses the human aspect, uh, the recognition that people are not just one thing that's currently challenging in, in their life. They're walking, talking, breathing, dynamic people who have hopes and and loves and a whole network of people that that actively you know kind of surround them and and that's kind of mostly what what people's lives are about so the approach of the firefighters charity um is one that i respect very much because they recognize um that the the whole of someone as well as the activities and people um the, the fabric of their life and and how that all sits together so that holistic approach that it's not just an individual with one facet of them that they need help with at that point um, is really attractive to me. And then they look at that person over the whole of their lifetime. So the benefit of the charity for me, one of the many benefits, is that they're not just there for when you are a serving firefighter. It's it's a much more broader context than that. They recognise that that might involve a whole career. And that kind of takes us to, to the retirement um, aspect of, of the focus of the podcast. Um, but it certainly hopefully gives you an insight as to why I'm so uh, so keen to support the firefighters charity and why um, I, I collect hats, as you, as you put it at the start of this question, um, uh, and, and I'm keen to, to involve myself as much as I can with them. It's a charity I very much respect clearly some some really important work going on there can you tell us a bit more about what you and Neela are currently working on at the moment the the work that we're working on at the moment is uh is part of um uh, a bigger understanding of transition into retirement so there's lots of different projects with different groups going on um in in different uh different professions um but we were really keen to focus on the transition into retirement with the um, with the Fire and Rescue Service in the UK, we have a partner university that we're that we're aligned to and, and doing some of the work with um, uh, over in Australia. And Nina might say a little bit about that later on. Um, but it's it's really looking at how the transition into retirement from being a firefighter, where we know that the firefighter role is quite unique. Um, the working patterns, serving fire, an active uh, serving operational firefighter. Um, we know that they, there are lots of co- tight co-worker networks that operate. So when we've seen the traditional watch systems, we know that there's quite a lot of uniqueness about being a firefighter. When individuals are, are transitioning out of uh, that firefighter culture and community and organisation and moving into their a different phase in their life, um, what we wanted to do was really try and understand that and try and put uh, solutions or some evidence-based help in place for people to do that in a successful way. And many people do, but we know that sometimes it's quite challenging for people. And so that's why we know that uh, researching the transition into retirement for firefighters is, is really important. And Neela, you're the postdoctoral researcher on this project. So what, what kind of things are you looking for in this current research? And I suppose ultimately, what are you hoping to find out? So at the moment, we are conducting multiple studies over the last year uh, with active and retired firefighters across the UK. So 
Something that became very clear in our interviews was that being a firefighter is not just a job. It becomes a part of your identity and it defines who you are. So you might wonder what has this to do with retirement? Well, retirement is a time of significant change and it brings about a change in our sense of who we are and how we see ourselves in relation to others. So most of our participants um, found it quite challenging to lose this identity and missed the camaraderie and being part of a team. So in fact, up to 20% of people do not adjust well to retirement and this increases the vulnerability to health problems. That's why we believe it's so important to look into this issue. The good news is that our survey with over 500 firefighters um, showed that our social relationships with other people in social groups helps with adjustment um, to this new stage of life and promotes good health in retirement. It's important to try to maintain and gain new social groups when you retire. So for example, engaging with your family and friends regularly, um, maybe restoring or building relationships with your local community and join new groups, interest groups and volunteering groups. That's something we can advise here. So yeah, as Ravina said, we really try to make things better and yeah, support the firefighter community here. I mean, it certainly sounds like a really interesting project. How can uh, Shout Podcast listeners, who, who perhaps might have recently retired themselves, how can they get involved? What we've done is collecting all these insights into firefighters' retirement, and we developed, or better say, adapted um, the Groups for Health Firefighter Retirement Program to the special needs of firefighters. This is an interactive online program which will help recently retired firefighters to explore the positive role that social connectedness and belonging can play as they embark this new um, and important stage of in their lives. So at the moment, we are testing this program to make sure that this, it is um, delivering all this knowledge in the best way possible. So if you have retired within the last 12 months, you can take part in this new study we are doing. And if you would like to participate and support us in doing the online program, you can go to the website of the Shout podcast and you will find in the show notes a direct link to the registration form. Or you can, of course, reach me on Twitter at Nila Muleman or send me an email at nila.muleman at ntu.ac. UK. Thanks, Neela. As, as you say, all the details for how people can get involved will be on the show notes, as well as contact details for yourself, your email address. We'll make sure it's all there uh, on the show notes for people to, to get to after the show. Um, and Rowena, finally, what's, what's your ultimate end goal in terms of your research programmes and the retired community? I suppose, what ultimately does success look like for you? I think success for, for me looks like we have an evidence-based approach that we know is reliable um, we know that works and its main purpose the absolute main purpose has to be that we are supporting firefighters to transition into retirement and that that retirement is as healthy 
um, as flourishing, as happy, as stable as it, as it can be. Um, and I think success for me is is that outcome um, with something uh, tangible that the firefighters charity can use in order to try and make that a reality for as many firefighters that are coming up to retirement and are already in retirement. Uh, that's what success looks like for me, I think. Retirement can impact people in a host of different ways. Earlier this week, Sophie Pierce spoke to Deputy Chief Fire Officer Tony Proctor to find out how his life changed following his retirement for the Fire and Rescue Service and how the charity made a difference. Hi Tony, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm, I'm Tony Proctor. Um, I'm from Greater Manchester. I was the Deputy Chief in Greater Manchester for the last seven years of a 40-year career and have been retired for just over 10 years now. Did you enjoy your career? Absolutely loved it. The fire service was my life from being 16 when I was a, a junior fireman until I retired some 40-odd years later, and I absolutely loved it. And if I had the chance to do it all again, I'd love to do. <laughs> do you remember how you felt when you were approaching retirement in the sort of years and then months and then even days leading up to it? I think a bit of trepidation, really, because, as I say, the service had been my life for 40 years, and I'm a very organised, planned sort of person. But what I failed to do, looking back, is to plan for my retirement. When you're the deputy chief of a large outfit like Greater Manchester... You're permanently on call, you're permanently switched on. And in honesty, I was running on neat adrenaline until midnight on the night before I retired. Suddenly it's midnight, you've retired, and then you have the question of, well, what's next? What's this all about? How did you find retirement in the early days of it? I'd had a very, very busy career. And because I'd been so busy, I then filled my life with helping others. Most firefighters adopt something called the rescuer role, where it's inbuilt into our DNA to help other people. And so in retirement, I took on a number of projects, some within the fire service, helping disadvantaged young people through the Prince's Trust, which was very rewarding, and some work for the Professional Institute of Fire Engineers. And I also took on two major charity projects, a refurbishment project of my local church. And that was all very demanding, but what I was doing, I suppose, in life was I was trying to replicate in retirement the busy life I'd had up to retirement because I knew nothing else. When did you first start to notice that something wasn't quite right with your mental health? It was probably a couple of years after retirement because I kept myself very busy for a couple of years after retirement and I then began to notice that I was stressed. Whereas in the service you have authority, you have responsibility, and you have control, and you have a team of people who are very committed and deliver 24 hours a day, seven days a week throughout the year. You find when you step outside of that, that society is very different to that which we've been used to. And I found myself quite stressed in that. I wanted to achieve things, but I think being honest, I'd had mental health issues throughout the service. People always regarded me as a very cool, organised person. And I was ice cold, which you have to be when you're taking decisions at a top level. But that doesn't work when you've left the service. And I think what um, I began to notice was, was 
an, an emptiness, a missing of the service, a missing of that culture of the fire service, a missing of that team that I'd been part of in different shapes or forms for, the, for 40 years. Um, and the loss of that contact was very, very difficult. I also began to suffer panic attacks and they'd come on every morning at about the same sort of time. And it was pretty awful really, these panic attacks, because I would wake, uh, throw my bedroom window open, feel like I was gasping for air. And I didn't really know what was going on, but in my usual coping mechanism, <laughs> um, throughout the service, I'd always gone for a swim every morning. So I would get up, go for a swim, um, get on with my day, and think, yeah, everything's all okay, Tony, you're fine. And then the next morning, the same would happen every morning. And I tolerated that for a couple of years. And um, I was at the firefighters charity with a back problem. And I thought, mm, this isn't good, this. And I referred myself. I remember filling in the little white slip of paper for a self-referral to psychological support. And that was a turning point for me in my life. Because up until that point, retirement hadn't been fulfilling. In many ways, it had been a real disappointment and a real stress. And that was a turning point. Filling that white form in and asking for help was probably one of the bravest things I actually did in, in <laughs> my time after retirement. And one of the most helpful things. Why so? Because I hadn't um, dealt with the issue. And I didn't know, really know who to turn to. Because I, I didn't fancy going to my GP and been prescribed uh, antidepressants or whatever. But at Jubilee House, I saw um, a therapist called Kerry, who was absolutely amazing. And Kerry, through a series of sessions with her, and I think I went back to Jubilee House probably for a total of six weeks over a three to four year period. Um, she, in a very kind, supportive, objective way, unpacked the problems that I was experiencing. She even unpacked my life back to being a child. And um, it was quite amazing because there were so many factors which she unpacked that then made sense to me. Hey, Tony, this is why you're feeling the way you feel. Absolutely. And um, it was just um, very eye-opening because I think in, in the service, particularly in the generation I joined, and I really can't comment on the last 10 years. I mean, firefighters are incredible people who I admire incredibly. And I love them all to bits as well. I was also a, very much a people sort of person as a leader. I never saw myself as anything but a firefighter. But firefighters have this inbuilt sense of discipline, commitment, must get it right every time, every time, perfectionism. All those things are built into many firefighters, and I probably had an extreme case of that because I, I am a perfectionist. And I thought, what I realised was that my childhood, even from school, had given me this sense of you mustn't fail, you, um, you've got to get it right 100% every time, and if you don't get it right, then there'll be consequences. And... Um, it was it was fascinating really because Kerry unpacked all this for me as I went along and what we then did was to together develop a plan for going forward as to how I could be more well from a mental health perspective and enjoy life better. And what did that plan entail? 
mean, Kerry used a number of techniques, um, and I'll just talk a little bit about that because there's, there's, there should be no fear for anyone going and seeing the psychotherapist people, the psychological support people, because they use a number of techniques of relaxation, of a technique called uh, EMDR. That was something which was, was used, which is a form of moving bad thoughts from one part of your brain to another. And that was quite incredible because in my health problems running up to retirement, and I mentioned this heart problem, I, I'd blacked out on a number of occasions at work and I had this terrible fear of fainting or collapsing or something. And she was able to take that fear through these techniques that she used, move them to elsewhere in my brain, which is, sounds incredible, <laughs> uh, without any surgery. <laughs> and that may, means that now those negative thoughts I used to have and those fears I had have gone and I never think about them anymore. It, it, was, it was pretty incredible, really. But in terms of the plan going forward, I think some key things that were about making time for myself, putting that rescuer role into perspective, putting it away in its box and saying, yes, you can rescue other people in a helpful way, but don't damage yourself in that process. Relaxation techniques were tremendous and they were learned uh, whilst at Jubilee House. I mean, twice a week they have general relaxation sessions which i would really commend to anyone but one of the skills i i learned was um, mindfulness and mindfulness is an amazing technique for man managing your mental health um, and it's about living in the moment and and learning how to live with things and put them into perspective in a proportionate way and it's part of my daily life now so yes lots of very useful techniques learned from the firefighters charity kerry and the firefighters charity certainly helped me to turn my life around um as i said i wasn't an unhappy person i loved my life i loved my family i loved my kids i loved my job but this anxiety was dominating my life and it wasn't anymore i think it's really important for anyone who has suffered from mental health and anxiety to know that the firefighters charity is there either for an initial referral or if you've got ongoing issues and need support. What would you say to someone who was approaching retirement or had recently retired who had noticed a difference in themselves? I would say firstly plan for your retirement because retirement is very different so think about retirement plan for it just as you would any other life event. Don't put all your efforts into the job Make sure that's all straight and forget yourself. Sounds a bit selfish, but make a plan because life in retirement is going to be very different. But also importantly, if you do start feeling uncomfortable, seek help. Contact the firefighters charity. It's totally confidential. You can talk to someone in confidence. They will understand. And if you need their help and support, you will get it and you will then be able to move forward and enjoy your retirement, which is so, so important. You've worked very hard for 30 years plus. You've dealt with things and seen things that no other member of society normally would have to see. But it's your retirement and take charge of it as best you can and seek help and support when you need it. 
Tony, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. I'm so glad to hear how beneficial your time with the charity was. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. The Firefighters Charity is on a mission to provide more health and wellbeing advice and information to those who have newly retired. And retired associations are a great way to reach them. As Sasha Wiltshire found out, when she spoke to the National Association of Retired Firefighters, Ian Ferguson. Hi Ian, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, would you like to firstly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about NARF and your role there? Uh, my name's Ian Ferguson. Um, I'm a retired watcher manager, formerly serving with the County Durham and Darlington Fire and Rescue Service in the northeast of England. Um, I was with the service for 34 years, from 1974 to 2008, and I've been retired for 12 years now. Um, in my retirement, um, I joined the National Association of Retired Firefighters, or NARF as we're known, in 2009, I think it was. Uh, I noticed a, um, a vacancy with, within NARF for an editor for their magazine, the NARF News. It's, it keeps me busy. Uh, because I have to, I have to generate the content of the magazine. So I'm talking to people all the time and uh, and, and sort of uh, pulling all the uh, the content of the magazine together. I was going to say, it sounds like it does keep you very busy. Many retired beneficiaries um, struggle to cope with retirement. Um, they miss their friends and often the importance of their role. So um, I'm sure you've seen similar cases with this. Having been retired for for 12 years. Um, uh, I've sort of sampled retirement uh, in, a, in a fairly big way. Uh, personally, having thought about it, I think um, that, that people generally fall into two types. You have your half full type, as I would call them, with the positive uh, mental attitude type people um, who look forward to retirement uh, and look at it as a, a new beginning, a new start. Uh, and they look they look forward to it with with relish and uh, take it forward um, and enjoy it. Um, on the other side of the coin, um, there are I hate to use the word negative, but um, the, we'll call them less positive people who look on retirement as uh, the end. It's game over. There's only one thing left to do, and uh, they just look on it as with fear and trepidation, and they just dread the thought. I just think it's a, it's down to the type of person you are really is there any advice that you would give our retired beneficiaries listening today who are finding it difficult to cope if you're a retired firefighter the obvious um step would be to join NARF because they are all retired firefighters you know they all understand each other so uh, like I, i'm the uh, the secretary and treasurer for the, the durham and darlington branch and uh, we have regular meetings, and it's just fantastic to see guys coming together to the meeting. We have a, an information exchange, you know, an official meeting, and then after the meeting's finished, um, the guys just sit there with a, a pint of beer, and, and they just sit and talk and tell stories, put a few old fires out, stuff like that. But it's great to see them together and, and, and enjoying it and laughing. It, 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 it's fabulous. I, I get such a buzz out of that because um, that's what it's all about. You know, we're all part of that fire brigade family. You know, but like I say, you, you might want to um, support a charity or, or some good cause that you, uh, that you like. 
Um, and I'm quite sure they would welcome you with open arms. I say there's the firefighters charity who are always wanting fundraisers and stuff like that. And uh, but so I, as I say, it's just a question of um, you know each individual deciding what they want to do uh, or what they would like to give their time to. Because there's no greater gift than time. It, it's uh, you can't. It's the greatest gift you can give to anybody or anything is time. So, yeah, it's just up to you to decide where you want to go and what you want to do and, and get out there and do it. So it um, seems like NARF has had a real positive impact in your life. And you mentioned a little bit about the charity there. So how important is it to you, um, to NARF and to NARF members, to have a close relationship with the Firefighters Charity? Personally, I think it's essential that um, the Firefighters Charity and uh, NARF um, have close links because we're basically, um, our aims are pretty pretty much the same you know we, we have to support and um, help our members wherever possible and the firefighters charity um, are exactly the same and um, you know we we look after we sort of our, our sort of remit is for retired people whereas the firefighters charity is for the the wider fire service family and that's what it's all about you know nobody should feel alone we all we should all work together and um, and, and sort of just let people know that there is uh, somewhere to go if you need help. It sounds like with NARF there is a real community feel there. So what do our retired beneficiaries need to do if they wish to become a member of NARF? There is a, a website, www.narfire.org.uk. So it's just narfire.org.uk. There's an online uh, application form there. There's two types of membership with NARF. There's, uh, there's branch membership, uh, which are t- attached to a branch, uh, obviously. And uh, there's what's called individual membership, where if you don't live near a, a branch or you prefer not to be a branch member, then you can apply for individual membership as well. You'll be sent uh, the magazine through the post and uh, you'll be sent other information also via the post you you won't attend a meeting to to be to be given the information so um there are that's the two types of membership great well then thank you so much for sharing your experience and advice with us today Ian. thanks very much uh, sasha it's been my pleasure thank you It's that time once again when we get to say thank you to those of you who've done extraordinary things for the Firefighters Charity or your local community over the past fortnight. So if you're ready, here we go. Marcus Rexford was due to run the Brighton to London 62-mile ultramarathon on 23rd of May, but as it was cancelled, Marcus ran the same distance in his local area, raising £1,375. Well done, Marcus. Andrew Impey, meanwhile, completed his One Lads Challenge, raising £260 by climbing a ladder to a combined height of the Three Peaks Challenge, Pikes Peak and Mount Everest. Great job, Andrew. Edward Smith raised £110 by completing nine different challenges for 999 seconds. And Luke Siddles raised £292 by running 2.6 marathons, covering 68 miles. 
Hats off to Ashley Brown, who completed a static cycle to the equivalent distance of 210 kilometres between Bridge North and Basingstoke, raising £112. And Aggie Dennis took on the 25-day push-up challenge, raising £155. Matt Highmarch also completed the 25 push-up challenge and raised £75, whilst David Brearley raised £95 running 5k a day for 30 days. And Adam Taylor raised a fantastic £910 by hosting themed quiz nights on Harry Potter, Peaky Blinders and Top Gun. Elsewhere across the country, six crews from Royal Berkshire Fire and Rescue Service and two 4x4 vehicles were sent to a large fire consisting of 40 acres of standing crop in Swallowfield. Residents nearby may have seen a lot of smoke, but thanks to the hard work and efficiency of the crews, it was brought under control in an hour. Uncle firefighters from Cottenham in Cambridgeshire, meanwhile, were called to rescue a cat stuck in the engine bay of a car. You could say that a perfect rescue was carried out with no injuries to the mischievous Moggy. We must say congratulations to watch manager Kevin Morrison, hailed as the father of Hampshire Fire and Rescue Cadets, for winning a coveted BBC Radio Solent Community Hero Award for his work with the young people of Hampshire. And crews from Taunton Fire Station assisted a member of the public in freeing a baby deer from a water-filled ditch. The deer was later able to get to its feet and run to safety. Some incredible achievements there, many of which raised vital funds to help the charity through a time that has seen its income fall by around £200,000 a month due to the pandemic. In the last episode, we talked about the charity's urgent appeal to redress the balance. And here, once again, is why being a regular donor is so important to these supporters. My name's Becky and I work for Shropshire Fire and Rescue Service. I choose to donate each month because I have used the charity a couple of times and they do fantastic work and I would just like it to continue for everyone else. My name is Colin. I work for the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service. I make a monthly contribution towards the firefighters charity because I have seen the amazing work they do firsthand. It inspires me to help wherever I can so the charity can continue to offer the support to anyone that needs it. My name is Martin I work for Essex County Fire and Rescue Services. I choose to donate every month and I'm currently carrying out a 10k a day challenge for every day for the month of July in order to raise essential funds for the firefighters charity. I received amazing treatment at Marine Court and this is just one way that I can say thank you and give something back. My name's Gary. I'm a retired Merseyside firefighter. I've just increased my monthly contribution to the firefighters charity to help it survive during this current crisis. I received help, both physically and mentally, when I needed it. It gave me a lifeline and a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'd like that light to still be there for others. That's the end of another episode. Thanks for listening. As ever, please tell your friends and colleagues to listen, subscribe and review. All the information you need to do so is on the website and on the Firefighters Charity social media channels. Together with all the details you need to get involved in that important research with Nottingham Trent University. We'll have more for you in a fortnight's time. So until then, take care and stay safe. You've been listening to the Shouts podcast. For more information on the show and how the Firefighters Charity could support you, check out www.firefighterscharity.org.uk.
If you liked Shout Podcast, you're going to love My Firefighters Charity, the new social media well-being and fundraising app for the fire services community. Packed with great well-being content from the expert teams at the Firefighters Charity, you can connect with others, join groups, collaborate and have fun with your fire family friends across the UK. And you can get the advice and help you're after from the Firefighters Charity whenever you need it. Head to your app store, search for My Firefighters Charity and register for free today.